So good morning. Um, since Easter is nearby, I'd like to turn to Psalm 22. Again, we uh, <clears throat> we not really sure we like the word Easter. Uh, we it's really the uh, resurrection, the Passover that is uh, coming, and. Uh, we reckon Easter, I think it's the first Sunday after the first full moon, after the spring equinox is how we plan Easter, because then it's always on a Sunday. But uh, it, I think it's about four days after the Passover this year. So it's around the Passover. That's really, that's the Jewish calendar versus our calendar. So with that in mind, you know, Easter being here, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to just look at... Um, something before, uh, just something to um, remind us of the Lord Jesus Christ and what happened there on what we, not, not Easter, but what we call Good Friday, when the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified. So Psalm 22, this is a very, uh, this is very sacred ground um, to enter on. And uh, so we'll be talking about a few things. Not sure we'll get through the whole chapter, but I want to just start with this Psalm 22. And it says to the chief musician upon the upon a Shahar, a Psalm of David. So it's written by David, but this a Shahar, some people uh, translate that as the hind or hind of the morning or the doe of the dawn. And so, well, what does that mean? Well, there's a couple of meanings, um, but probably, um, probably the most uh, um, uh, agreement would be it's um, the it's the doe of the morning when uh, the sun begins to rise. You see the the uh, uh, the rays of sunshine coming up over the horizon, where the Light meets darkness, and that is the uh, that's the idea. Some think it's about the Shekinah glory of God, but where it's the light meets darkness, and that is what this psalm is was. Uh, it was a good description of this psalm, where light meets darkness. So it starts with, "My God, My God, why hast Thou forsaken me? Why art Thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring?" <coughs> Verse 2, O God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season, and am not silent. So, at a cursory reading, I want to straighten this out first, but at a cursory reading, so many pastors, so many commentators see, well, uh, he, this is where the Father forsook the Son. And uh, I don't say that because the Bible doesn't say that. It never says that. Um, uh, what I want you to see is that uh, uh, in verse verse 1, it says, My God, my God. That's the G-O-D, which is either rendered Elohim or could be rendered Adonai. Well, how do we know which one it is? Because it's quoted for us in Matthew and Mark, the two Gospels. Matthew is the trespass offering. Mark is the sin offering. And in those two Gospels only, uh, these the, the offerings that have to do with sin, 
the mandatory offerings, not free will offerings. That is where these, these lines that are repeated from Jesus on the cross, we hear him say these words. He says, Eloi, or El, or um, I think in one, in Matthew, I think it's uh, Eloi, Eloi, or some, I think in Mark it says, Eli, Eli. So whatever it is, Eloi, Eloi, Lama Sabachthani. So he, we know that he's referring to Elohim. He did not say Abba, Abba, Father, Father. He didn't say uh, Adonai. He did not say Jehovah or Yahweh. He said Elohim. What's the significance of that? When you uh, repeat uh, Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning God, that is Elohim. God created the heavens and the earth. Everything that was created was created by him. Who created us? How did how were we made? Remember the Lord said, let us, plural, make man in our, plural, image. In the image of God created he them, male and female. We're made in the image of Elohim. Not Jehovah, not Adonai, not Abba. We're made in the image of Elohim. This simply means, you know, as, as we know from studying the Bible, there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. These three, there's only one God. There's only one God. Three persons of the Godhead. So we are made in God's image. We have a body and a soul and a spirit. We are Trinity also. That no other creature, no other creature, no other creature is. Angels do not have a body. They will exist forever. They do not have a body. We do. Animals do, but they don't have a, a spirit that lasts forever. That is, you know, that once a you know once an animal dies, it goes back to the earth where it came from. So, just to clear this up, he says, "My God, my God, Elohim, Elohim, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachthani." This is confounding. Because it is as if the Lord Jesus Christ is crying out from the cross to himself, as it were, being part of the Trinity. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Elohim God is the God, the world-creating, righteous, holy God that has in the heavens a, a giant scale a balance and in and and in man's case ever since adam man has been accruing a huge mountain of debt called sin and and this elohim that made nature in perfect balance there is no vacuum in nature he made it in perfect balance. There's this massive debt. Something has to be done. How is this debt going to be paid? That is why the Lord Jesus Christ cries out to um, Elohim, Elohim, Lama Sabachthani. Why have you forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Now, I want you to just, again, before we leave this subject, I want you to picture with me. A picture of this in the Old Testament in Genesis, 
when Abraham took his son Isaac to sacrifice him. The father, we see the picture of the father and the son. And Abraham was asked to sacrifice his only son, the son that he loved. Did Abraham forsake his son when he was about to kill him? Did he turn his back on him? Did he not love him anymore? Well, I'd be foolish. He loved him more, probably more at that moment than ever before. He was about to sacrifice him. He's raised the knife and God stops him. So Abraham did not forsake his son, Isaac. God, <laughs> the father, did not forsake his son. In fact, if you turn with me to John chapter 8, I want you to show, I want to show you this. John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 28, then Jesus said unto them, he's speaking to the Jews, kind of arguing them with them about, uh, about um, you know, who their father is, that they'll die in their sins. But the Lord says in verse 28 of chapter 8, then Jesus said unto them, when ye have lifted me up, I'm sorry, when you lift up the son of man, he's talking about going to the cross. When Jesus is hanging on the cross, then shall ye know that I am. He is in italics. It's one of the great I am's of the scripture of the, of the book of John. Jesus says that I am. In other words, he's, he says you're going to know that I am indeed God. God the Son. And uh, he says, I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak uh, these things. And verse 29, he that sent me is with me. He's speaking about, you know, taking his place on the cross. And he says that, and he is with me. The Father hath not left me alone. So I just want you to see that is, as far as the father and son goes, <laughs> the father never left him alone. But here in chapter 22 of Psalm, it is this, God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from me and from the words of my roaring. This is the three dark hours that Christ spent on the cross in payment for the sin of all mankind. Second Corinthians chapter five. Second Corinthians chapter five verse twenty one. For he hath made him, that is God hath made him, Christ Jesus, to be sin. For us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. This is those three dark hours is when God, the Lord Jesus Christ, I should say, became our sin. If you recall on the cross, when the first thing he said, the seven words from the cross, the first thing he said from the cross was, Abba, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then the second word from the cross is uh, he speaks to the thief in Luke chapter 23. This day shalt thou be with me in paradise. Okay, so this the once the one thief was saved. And then the third word from the cross is in John 19. The Lord says, woman, behold your son. He speaks to John, looks to John and says, behold your mother. So John takes him into his house to take care of her for the rest of her life. And so then, in Matthew and Mark both, comes the word, this word, that 
that is quoted, the Lord quotes Psalm 22. My God, Eli, Eli, Eloi, Eloi, Lama Sabachthani. And, and this is after, Matthew says, three hours of darkness. It was dark from 12 noon to 3 p.m. Three hours of darkness. And at the end of the darkness, he cries out, My God, Eloi, Eloi, Lama Sabachthani. Then in uh, John 19, he says, I thirst. And then in John uh, uh, 19 again, he says in a loud voice, he didn't whisper, it is finished. He says in a loud voice to Telestai, it is finished. It is done. Completed. What was done? The redemption of our souls. The payment for sin. And then at the last, again, he says, Abba. After, the, after sin had been atoned for, there was no more question about sin. He returns to Abba, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. So these three dark hours is what Christ suffered. No one will ever be able to understand the depth of his suffering. He says, why art thou so far from helping me from the words of my roaring? Oh my God, I cry in the daytime and, hearest, and thou hearest not. And in the night season, remember the three hours of darkness and am not silent. Here's the answer as to why God would not answer him. Verse 3, but thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Because God is holy and mankind had, had accrued a mountain of debt called sin that had to be atoned for. This is why the Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross. He, uh, he had to bear this sin to make atonement, to make a way for anyone, anyone, anyone to be saved. So I want, just, I want us to understand something, and that is that we could never pay for our sins. If we were to spend eternity in hell suffering, we would never pay for our sins. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. As we talk about this. Matthew chapter 18. Uh, Jesus or Peter is asking Jesus about forgiveness. 18 verse 22, Jesus said unto him, so I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. That's how many times you're supposed to forgive someone in the same day. Therefore is, this is now, the Lord tells him a story. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king when, would, uh, when, um, when a certain king, which would, sorry, which would take account of his servant. And when he had begun to reckon one was brought unto him, which owned him 10,000 talents. Now that is about roughly, just in rough value, that's about $9 million. For as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had and payment be made. The servant 
therefore, fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I'll repay thee all. Really? Nine million? Impossible. That's the point of the story. Impossible. If that man could have lived ten consecutive lives and been paying, you know, trying to pay back this 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 debt that he owed for ten lives, you only I mean, he only had one life. What if he had two? What if he had ten? He could never, never, never pay this debt that he was forgiven. Let's say that uh, just for the sake of time, let's just say that you could get your hands on a uh, notorious killer like Adolf Hitler. And uh, he, he killed himself. He committed suicide. But let's say you could get your hands on him and you charged him with everything that he was liable for. You took him to court and then sentence was passed. And then what? Then what? You going to hang him till he's dead? Well, that's too good for him. How many people did he murder? 11 million people he was responsible for? For him just to die? How is that going to restore anything? That's his judgment. It's only right that he should die. The Bible says so. Any man shed man's blood, by man his blood must be shed. Genesis chapter 9. That's never changed. Capital punishment is God's word. So it's right that, that sinners die and pay. You know, they suffer forever in hell. But is that going to bring, in his case, is that going to bring ever, ever, ever bring back any one of those souls that he was responsible for killing? It's impossible. Have you ever told a lie? Let's say a lie gets out and goes around and does its damage, gets back to you, and you say, well, yeah, that was a lie. I'm sorry. Now, you can, you can be liable for slander and things like that and pay damages, but can you ever take that lie back? Can you ever undo the damage that it's done? I'm just saying that we cannot, we cannot pay for our sins. No one. You can't pay for someone else's sins. One person's soul is too, what was it? Uh, I think the Bible says too costly. Forget it. You can't even pay for your own sins. How are you going to pay for someone else's? That is exactly why we needed a Savior to pay for our sins. Once you turn with me to First um, John. First John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the, what's that word? Propitiation. He's the payment. He's the satisfaction. He is the debt payer. He is the debt payer for our sins. It doesn't stop there. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Have you ever thought to 
for a second of what that means. There has been, there will be until, you know, until, until the new heavens and the new earth, we go through like 6,000 years of history, a thousand years of the millennium where there will be billions of people on the world. There have been, there will have been billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of people that existed in the world. Each one committing their own, you know, billions of sins. We can't imagine. We can't begin to imagine the debt that is accrued on behalf of mankind. He is the propitiation. He's the payment. He's the satisfaction for our sins, not only our sins, but the sins of the whole world in three hours on the cross. One man. This is incredible. This is unbelievable. Only by faith can you comprehend this. This is uh, unco- incomprehensible. Something so far beyond us. I'm not sure that even in heaven we're going to get it. How could one man pay for the sins, all of the sins, all of the sins of all mankind? How could it be? How could it be? And yet, when the Lord Jesus Christ, when he became our sin, he paid that debt. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. That man, you know, that that story that, that the Lord Jesus told Peter, impossible. It was impossible for that man to pay his debt. Absolutely out of reach forever that man to pay his debt. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not ever pay. I needed someone to take my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace, all day long. Christ Jesus paid a debt that I could never pay. Verse 3, but thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. We've got a few minutes. We'll go on. Let me uh, go on to verse 4, where the Lord says, uh, well, David the psalm writer says this, but these are, these are thoughts. These are the thoughts of the Lord Jesus Christ when he was on the cross. Verse 4. Our fathers trusted in thee. They trusted and now delivered them. They cried unto thee and were delivered. They trusted and were not confounded. In other words, they were heard. But not me. Verse 6. But I am a worm and not a man. That worm, that word worm, is actually, I believe, the word crimson. Because these worms were the worms that they would crush and use for red dye. To dye the, um, oh, I think it was the uh, uh, coverings of the tabernacle. I am a worm, crimson, 
and no man, a reproach of men and despised of the people. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake their heads saying, he trusted in the Lord that uh, he would deliver him. Let him deliver him. See if he delighted in him. These words from chapter uh, first, I uh, believe they were verse uh, four through eight and then verses 12 and 13. These are actually the words that the Jews standing by the cross repeated. I mean, <laughs> repeated from the Psalms themselves fulfilling scripture unwittingly. The Jews should have known this. The same words that they were throwing at Jesus, hurling at Jesus, the same words written here. These words were written a thousand years before they took place. He trusted in the Lord, verse 8, he would, he would deliver him, let him deliver him, seeing he's delighted in him. Verses 9 and 10, but thou art he. Well, let's learn, let me just read before we go there. Verse, uh, verse 12, many bulls have compassed me. Uh, strong bulls of Bashan, speaking of the religious leaders that want to crush him, destroy him. Verse 13, they gaped upon me with their mouths as ravening and a roaring lion. They would love to, these Jews that hated him, wanted to tear him apart like a ravening lion. I'm poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. Uh, my heart is like melted like wax. This, uh, well, my heart is melted like wax in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. My tongue cleaveth to my jaw. Thou hast brought me into the dust of death. Verse 16, dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced me. Now it's not just the, uh, you know, the bulls and the lion. Now it's dogs. It wasn't just the Jews that mocked Jesus. It wasn't just the Jews that beat him and tortured him. The Romans took, the Gentiles took part in this. Dogs, the Gentile dogs have compassed me with the assembly, uh, the assembly of the wicked and enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. This is how the Romans killed the most notorious criminals. This was not, in fact, you couldn't crucify a Roman citizen. It was too heinous, heinous, you know, too heinous a punishment, you know, reserved for only special criminals. This was predicted again a thousand years before it happened. I may tell all my bones, this and all my, in Bracken verse 14, my bones, all my bones are out of joint. This is uh, in Psalm 34 and Exodus 12. Not a bone of him shall be broken. I may tell all my bones. They look and stare upon me. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. This happened in John 19 as well. Uh, um, be not far from me, O Lord, thy, uh, in thy strength. Haste uh, to help me. So and let me just go back up to these words. and We skipped in verses 9, 10. So, uh, because I was like getting to the, you know, the Jews and the Gentiles um, and how their part in crucifying the Lord is. And then verse 9 and 10, I just want you to look at that real quick. But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Why is this here? What is this about? 
He's stating the fact that ever since he was conceived inside his mother's womb, his faith and trust was always in God, his father. Always, he's, he's trusted in God his entire existence, the Lord Jesus Christ. And now, and now, he calls out to God, there is no answer. Let's go back down again. Verse 19, be not far from me, O Lord, my strength, hasten unto, haste thee to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword of my darling or my precious life, from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth. Who is it that uh, we call, you know, the this lion that uh, uh, prowls about seeking whom he may be devoured? That would be, you know, Satan, what he does. These men were inspired by the devil himself who treated the Lord Jesus Christ, had such hatred for him, God the Son. They didn't care if he was God or not. They were going to kill him. Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the, King James says unicorns, but the, from the horns of the wild oxen. You have heard me. You've heard my prayers. I will declare, because this is now, the difference between verse 21 and 22, where God has heard him, uh, you know, after his payment was made, after payment was made in those three dark hours, the heavens opened again. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. He was heard by his father. I will declare, verse 22, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the congregation. I will praise thee. Yea, <clears throat> uh, uh, ye that fear the Lord, praise him, all the seed of Jacob, glorify him, this is the Jews, and fear him, all ye seed of Israel. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the affliction, the afflicted, neither hath he hid his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he heard. He heard. Okay, when Jacob cried, when God's people cry unto him. Now, he hears. The Lord Jesus Christ said in Hebrews, quoted in Hebrews 13, 20, I will never leave thee. I will never forsake thee. I will never leave thee, never forsake thee. God, the Lord Jesus Christ was forsaken himself by God on the cross that we would never be forsaken. So the end of 24 again, when he cried unto him, he heard, my praise shall be of thee and the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them to fear him. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord, that is Jehovah, and seek him, that seek him in your heart and shall live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to Jehovah. All the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. When's this going to happen? The millennium. And the Lord's, after the Lord's return in glory. Verse 28, for the kingdom is Jehovah's and he is the governor among the nations. That is the millennium. All they that be fat upon the earth shall eat and worship. They that go down to the dust shall bow before him and none can keep alive his own soul. A seed shall serve him. It shall be counted for the Lord for a generation. They, that is the future, they shall come 
and be de- and declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born, yet to be born, that hath done this. So that is everyone else going forward from the cross, that uh, they shall come and declare his righteousness. You know, we didn't, we weren't there at the cross. We have the, God's word. We have the apostles' word, the word of God. And uh, so that is what we have to look back. Um, this is looking forward a thousand years. We look back 2,000 years that uh, a people that shall be born, that he hath done this. This is indeed the good shepherd that gives his life for the sheep. Just uh, again, to help us understand, uh, it would be good for us just to uh, ponder these things and to think, how is it possible that one man could pay the debt of all humankind, of all mankind, all of the sin that had accrued? So with that, uh, we'll end and just, uh, again, the thought to think of this, uh, this time where the Lord Jesus Christ, he became our sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. What a transaction. What a miracle. What a God that would plan a, 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 a salvation like this. Amen.